This is an SM Media production. Things are gonna get better real soon. Yeah, I'ma just do me, you just do you. I swear it's gonna get better real soon. Don't let anyone tell you what you should do. I got a clear view. We're gonna make it soon. Just keep pushing through. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of The Sit Down right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPay, I'd like to be your host as always. We've got a very special guest this week. I'm joined by one of the stalwarts of Scottish football, former Hibs, the United St Johnson and Falkirk defender and the former manager of Breakin City, Darren Dodds. Darren, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks very much for joining me. Ah, no problem. Um, it's great to be asked. Thanks, Scott. How are you doing? All right? Yeah, not bad, but the same it's um, strange times at the moment. It's lockdown and everything else and obviously lower leagues of football stopped as well, so it's... Definitely different times. And you can obviously you're doing your further education just now, but do you still kind of keep involved in football in any way? Yeah, um, do coach them at Fife Elite under 18, so then there's a right. uh, academy leagues and stuff. But um, we shut down before Christmas, we went to start back middle of January, but that'll get pushed back. And well, up until obviously the first lockdown was um, joined, try to go out to games on a Saturday and getting um, friends with. John McGlynn and Paul Smith, so go and watch maybe some players for Wraith or watch a team for Wraith or something like that. But because of lockdown, everything else getting reduced, it's um, only seen a couple of games this season. I've been fortunate to only see a couple of lower league games this season, but it's strange a Saturday with no football. I know, definitely. Obviously, you've been keeping tabs in the the, se- the season so far in Scottish football. Is there, what's been your takeaways for your former clubs, like the United and Hibs, etc.? You've been any um, takeaways? Yep. I think um, Hibs, Hibs have... Um, Got off to a really good start. Maybe um, started a wee bit lately, but I think um, they seem to be keen to get a few players in in January. So I think they maybe push on, and, and I think so. Top six um, pushing Aberdeen. So even if they're still chancing for third, so if they finish third, I think it would be a great season. I think Dungeon United's first season up, if they finish sort of mid table and things would be, they probably get that good. If, if they could get in the top six, I think they would see that as an achievement. Um, and then looking to Falkirk, I think the aim is to come back straight back up and yeah. they're top of League One at the moment. But um, obviously that'll be on hold, so don't know how long that'll get delayed for and if there's a knock-on effect or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Well, maybe we start in your career. Just talk a wee bit about where you, your family life and where you grew up. You grew up in Edinburgh, Edinburgh didn't you? Yeah, so um, always been from sort of Edinburgh and stuff. So went, went to school in Edinburgh and played sort of boys club football um, when I was younger in Edinburgh. So I've always been from Edinburgh. And as well as that, like obviously your, your boy club, boys clubs days, like what was your memories when you were you're starting out in football? Um, just just played, played at school and then didn't, didn't join a boys club team till like under 12. So um, just played for the school team and had a few friends that were playing boys clubs. So um, went, went to Archie Vale. So it was one of the sort of local clubs not too far away and joined there and sort of played there from under 12s and had had a season under 18s there before I went in um, full time at Hibs. But really enjoyed it and we were... Well, quite a successful team. Um, they were one of the stronger teams through the East. Um, but um, we've we, we done well over the years um, and then they sort of carried on. So they've had a good sort of reputation of bringing players through. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you grew up a Hibs fan. Who were your, who were your kind of heroes when you were growing up? Um, at the time, sort of Steve Archibald was at Hibs at the time. So Andy Warren, Gordon Jury, people like that. And that was sort of their time at Hibs. So Hibs were sort of back in the way playing games and things. So um, mid-tables and stuff. So... And then, then they obviously won the Skull Cup just just um, six months before I joined Hibs. So that, that was great that time. Um, obviously, they had that thing about the takeover and everything else. But yeah. they won the Skull Cup then, um, was a great achievement. And then 
um, there and then joining us six months later. It worked out well. Brilliant. And when you when you joined Habs, do you remember who scouted you and what the, what the process involved? Was there any other clubs looking at you? Um, at, at the time, there was a few um, Falkirk were there as well. Jim Jeffries, Billy Brown were at Falkirk. So I had a couple of trial games at the time um, at Falkirk Reserves. Um, playing there, it was all Brockville, so um, played a couple of games there. Um, got invited up for a game. Um, was there in the East, we were playing um, it's like a sort of third team for Dungeon United against uh, 4 4 one night. Jim McLean was there. Obviously, he's now passed away, but yeah. he was small pass to the team, so um, managed to play a game for them. So that was um, interesting. We're actually getting beat 2 1 at half time, so there's a few raised voices at half time and things, not meaning them. But we, we went back to 1 5 3 or whatever, so I. Um, as an experience, so I had a couple of games and a couple of trials at other teams, but um, when Hibs came because of our local and everything else, that was the one I ended up going to. Brilliant. And then obviously your youth days at Hibs. What was your what was your memories of youth your youth days? Obviously, there was some good players you came through with as well. Yeah, I think it was just um, back back then there wasn't many of us. I think um, there was no youth team, so at the time there was um, the first team. There was the reserves. The good thing about um, the reserves was they played on a Saturday at the stadium. So if you were if the first team were playing Hibs at um, so at Rangers at home, we were playing Rangers at Ibrox. Right. So maybe got hundred fans or whatever, but you were still getting changed in the changing room. You were still going to park. You're playing Celtic. You're playing at Parkhead. You're playing at all these big stadiums. And back then, it, we were only three subs. So it was two subs and a goalkeeper. So whoever wasn't on the bench would play in the reserves on the Saturday. So you were playing against. I remember playing um, Aberdeen one time. It was Ian Jess and Scott Booth and. Mm-hmm. Um, one time playing Celtic, it was Charlie Nicholas. He was he there for the back for a second spell. So he, all these sort of players that you'd seen on TV and things like that end up playing reserve football and stuff like that. So it was um, definitely different. But probably the thing, the different thing was going in there as a young boy. Still then, you still had sort of, um, you know, sort of YTS ground staff sort of duties. You were like cleaning the stadium. It was still our job in the afternoons to get brushes. If there'd been a home game to go and collect the litter around the stadium and stuff, not I mean you were cleaning boots, you were cleaning changing room floors with mops and all that. So you come in there thinking, oh, this dream, and then all of a sudden you've got to start at the bottom. But I think it was um, character building and it obviously done me no harm. I mean, I know they've done away with it all, everything else now, but back in the time, that's what you did. And you just had to get the head down and get on with it. Yeah, definitely. Alec Miller was a manager of Hibs at the time. What was your, what was your relationship, relationship like with him at the start? And what was he kind of like for you yeah, when you were starting out? He sort of came in and sort of said, this, this is it, this is where you start. You've got to work hard and sort of work your way up. And he, he was, um, I really enjoy working for him. He was stood up, um, he sort of in control. You didn't answer him back. It was like that sort of fine line. Nobody sort of crossed. Um, and he kept right. But for being a young boy, he would take us, um, he'd take the younger boys out for extra sessions in the afternoon. The manager would be there. Um, we played in the Reserve League East, which was a Monday night. Um, and we played games like maybe our both away, four for away, Montrose away, Al away, just teams in the East on a Monday night. And he'd always be at the game. So I think how it's sort of changed now, obviously, managers got a lot more on their plate now and everything else and a lot more work. But back then, he was okay, couldn't be at reserve games because the first team played at the same time. But any midweek games, any youth games, um, if they maybe had a Sunday game, things like that under 16s, he'd be there. He was there every game. So in every training session, he was always on the training pitch every morning. Not means to you turned up um, when you turned up. So first team finished training, he was across watching the young boys training and things like that. So he was always around. So you, you were always looking over your shoulder, knowing the manager was about. Yeah, definitely. And when you when you got to the stage where you made your first team debut, do you remember who it was against? Yeah, it was um, it was against Kilmarnock. It was the last game of the season, um, nineteen ninety five. Um, it, it was at Rugby Park, so it was um, 
I mean, I played at the old rugby park before they had the stands, so it was, um, yeah. it was the new rugby park, and um, I think it was like maybe a fiver to get in that day. So I can't remember turning up on the bus, and there was queues of people to get in. I think maybe kids got in for free or something at the time, and probably only something like that. We actually won 2-1. We went one man down. Paul Wright scored for Kilmarnock that day. Um, but it was great, and then we won one down, we came back and won 2-1. It was the last game of the scene, so it was a great feeling. It was a, it was a big crowd. Like, um, it was nearly full the stadium. You're thinking, like, for a Hibs Kilmarnock game, you look now, you, you'd be lucky to be half full, not mean, but back then, Kilmarnock were going well at the time, and I think it was one of these games, the last game of the season, you got in for a fiver, kids went for nothing, not mean, it was just generated a really good atmosphere. Yeah, and obviously, there was some good players and characters in that team, that Hibs team at the time, like Sir Jim Leighton, Darren Jackson, Michael O'Neill, etc. Who did you lean towards fucking support and who was who was good for the dressing room in that day days? Um, they, they were sort of good. Jim, Jim Leighton was experienced to play with Scotland and everything else and he was quite quiet. There's a, there's a few sort of older ones. Um, at the time, Tom McIntyre um, had been sent a half, but he had dropped out. So he was in the reserves. So the year before, so I played with him in the reserves and things. And then coming through, um, Michael O'Neill was good. Um, he didn't stay too far from um, still living at home and parents stayed and stuff. So um Used to meet him going to go and train because he could drive and stuff. But he was a um, different character. He always had had an answer, a, a comeback. I mean, if he, he was always wanting to start an argument in the changing room, and Darren Jackson was always loud and stuff. So, so back then, your young boys just a case of keeping quiet and keeping out the way of the of the ones there. Definitely, you're not. You obviously the, the next three seasons you you progressed pretty well. How did you think you were getting on in the the, the next three years? You you solidified a place in the team. Did you did you feel you were progressing well? Yeah, I th- thought I was progressing. Um, the, the following season, after making my debut, the following season, managed to get in the team and, and get a run of games. And then um, probably inexperience, rashness, diving into tackles, got a couple of red cards, got a couple of suspensions, took myself out of the team and didn't get back in. But then um, obviously, Art Miller moved on, Jockey Scott came. Um, that summer, we signed Brian Welsh. Um, he had signed, so as soon as he took over, he signed John Hughes. And our yeah. centre Jim Duffy took over, he then signed um, Sean Dennis. So every manager that kept sort of, taking over kept signing another set of half. So kept down. So it felt was progressing well, although new center, more experienced centre halves were coming in at the time. Yeah. And the, the, the that season, the 96, 97 season, you, you spoke about Jockey Scott obviously coming in, but that season you, you stay up with a playoff one against Airdrie. Was it, did you feel as if the team was, was on its last legs and it needed a bit of freshness to, into it? Yeah, I think um, the fans have sort of turned, turned away because results weren't going well. Alan Murray had left, then Jockey Scott came and got off to a good start. Um, we beat Rangers um, not long after they took over. And then um, we got to Christmas time, Jim Duffy came in. But we had a squad, and I think at the time, quite a lot of players had sort of moved on and got money was started to be generated in um, football with TV and stuff. So a few had moved on um, to bigger teams and stuff, and it was hard to sort of recruit the players, and we struggled a bit. And then we got... We, we we went through a bad run and got into the playoffs and then we managed to beat Erdy 1-0 but then we went 1-0 down the second leg and we managed to come back and win 4-2 so that was sort of a scare and you're hoping that would sort of kick us on but we had a good start the following season then we fell away and then um, ended up getting relegated or whatever Yeah and obviously you said there about John Hughes coming in and you get a favourite John Hughes story for when he was at Habs yeah, well, he's, um, he, he was always good. He was always um, the, the young boys. Um, it was old stands. So he used to have a boot room. So he'd go by there in the morning. He would get. He would always. Um, uh, by that time, I was off. that the young boys clean the boots and stuff. But he would always get the fire extinguisher and hose them down. Or another one he liked. He'd come in after training. And he, was, he was strong. 
um, really muscular. So he, he would just go with an old gym, understand, and he would say, give me five minutes. So he'd go in there and he'd pump all the weights as heavy as he could, and he came back and the veins were popping out and the muscles were like that. I said, look at me and all this. So, but he was definitely a character. He, he, um, you could hear him before you could see him. Yeah, and then yeah. some games, even um, one game, I don't know what happened. Um, it was uh, we played Motherwell and I wasn't long in the team and he was playing. And then Dougie Arnott came on a sub and it was about 10 minutes to go. And then um, the ball went up to Dougie Arnott and about 10 seconds later, Yogi just came right through the back of him and just cemented him right from the back. And he's like, that'll teach you for, for last season or whatever. And I mean, I thought, what have we got here? But um, he's a definite character. Um, you have to be on your toes with him about. Yeah. Alan McLeish comes in as manager after Jim Duffy leaves. Like, see, obviously, you were a centre-half and Alec McLeish probably one of the best centre-halves Scotland produced. How excited were you to work with him? It was good. He was um, really motivating. All of him. He, sort of had, he was a good sort of man-manager. He came in, we were obviously struggling at the time, but he sort of gave you confidence and, and it was good with centre-halves and defensively, we'd done well. He managed to bring a couple of players in. He brought Brian Gunn um, yeah. back in Bowie. Um, back up from Norwich, so he gave us experience there. And he'd done well, and at the time we were on a bad run, but we turned it round a bit with a great one against Hearts, I think it was the year they finished third, um, and went on to win the Cup, and managed to beat them near the end of the season. We went to Parkhead, near Celtic one of the week, um, about three games to go, and got an 0-0 draw through there, so results really picked up, and we were a fortunate second-last game. Um, it was between ourselves and United, and we were 1-0 up, then um, got into the last 10 minutes, and we hit the bar, and then... Um, we sort of fell away and got beat 2-1, but we definitely improved on them. I think if, in hindsight, it's the thing, but I think it came until the end of February. I think if we had come in a bit earlier, maybe start of January, we could have stayed up. But it was great working under him and really enjoyed it and he really lifted the place. He had that sort of presence about him as well. Yeah, brilliant. And the end of that season, you get relegated. Like, was it was it so for you, but was it always like, obviously your contract was coming to an end. Did you want, did you think you, you had the potential to stay in the Premier League? Like, was it, did you know? Um, was that another reason you left? Because the season had gone quite well and played a lot of the games, then I knew my contract was up. Um, but waiting to see what happened, and then Hibs wanted to just offer me another year at the time. Um, so Brian Welsh had been out injured. John Hughes had come back from injury at the end of the season. He was back fit. Sean Dennis was there. Um, they'd just gone and signed um, Matthias Jack from Germany. So they'd yeah. got like four or five experienced centre halves ahead of me, um, offered a one year deal, and it was just sort of felt like. I'll always keen to say that that I was always going to be dropping down the order and probably get less chance of playing. And then, fortunately, Paul Sturrock, um, at St Johnston, he was keen to take me on board. At St Johnston, was keen to give me sort of three years. And um, I, I see, I seen it as a good move, a, a chance where I could go and sort of try and establish myself playing week in, week out. Yeah. And how do you kind of look back now in your time at Hibs? Was it was it good just to play for your boyhood heroes? Yeah, it was good. And then. I don't know because it was the first club, but always look back on sort of happy memories. Um, okay, it, it probably didn't work out. You probably didn't want the many games you would have liked. Or you'd have a great cup run or things like that. But to play for them and the sort of characters and the team they had and stuff, and to play with these players, it was a definitely um, team spirit and the team. I don't know it's over the years. I think it's the way society's gone as well. Teams aren't as close as they used to be. Sort of going back maybe um, twenty nearly 30 years, and I mean, they're, they're all closer bond between the players and at the stage, because players were at clubs for a lot longer, so there's a much yeah. more um, bond between them, so, um, but we, really enjoying my time there, and still, um, now getting to that age, I'm 45 now, so still um, playing like former Hibs games, although it's not been on the last year with lockdown, but it's good to meet up with some of the players you played with and get the boots back on and stuff. Brilliant. 
You move on to St. Johnson. You said that Paul Sturrock signed you. He signed you and then a couple of games and he leaves. What, do you remember what happened and why he left? Um, yeah, so we, we got, the season before they finished fifth and we got off to quite a good start. And um, I think it was getting a good publicity in the papers. And I think United um, at the time, I think Tommy McLean was in charge and they got off to a bad start. I think they, they got sacked. And so that was the rumour Paul Sturrock to go back and they came in for Paul Sturrock. So I think having been at Dun United for so long as a player and with them coming back, it was too good an opportunity for him to turn down. Yeah. He went, he went back there. So um, it was good to work under him and John Blackley as well. So it was only sort of pre-season in the first sort of couple of months. But then again, it was another one. Was, um, and I could imagine he went on to do well in England and stuff. But he was definitely one of his um, that straight down. Well, if he, he'd tell you if he'd done something wrong, not mean you'd like to point the finger and, and sort of shout and ball on that after games and stuff. But it kept you on your toes. You knew you couldn't cross that line. Yeah, Sandy Clark gets a job. Were you excited to work with him? Um, didn't really know much about Sandy Clark. Um, obviously knew him from his time for being a Hibs fan. Remember seeing him playing up front for Hearts, scoring goals against Hibs and stuff, and scoring goals in his career. But didn't know much about him, sort of managerial wise. But um, as a young boy coming through at Hibs, I knew he took sort of the youths at Hearts and the reserves at Hearts at the time, and lots of younger players there really liked his training and stuff. So um, wasn't sure what to expect. But he came in and, and we had a really good season that season. Yeah, you have a great start and you, you solidify your place in the team really quickly. But one of the games I want to touch on, obviously before the cup final, was the with seven out defeat to Rangers at McDermott Park. Like, was that just a, a brilliant team you were up against that game? Or was it? Um, yeah, I think, I think that season, um, there was a loss in the league, they'd gone out in their strength. So, Dick Advocate had taken over. Their, so, if you look at names like Arthur Newman, people like that, Amaruso was there at the time, Stefan Cross and Goals, um, George Alberts was still there. Um, like in the field of Van Bronckhurst, things like that. So the players they had at disposal were good. That night we didn't play that well. Um, we ended up losing a couple of early goals. And at 3-0, um, we got a player sent off. So probably, in hindsight, the police used it says, look, bring our defender on, shop, shop. We'll yeah. just keep going down. But at the time, um, we thought, oh, we'll keep in this. And second half, so we had to go and he just picked us off. More space, 10 men. And the... They, they just kept raining in shots and before you know it was 7 no, I remember looking up and it was 7 no, and looking at the scoreboard and it was like um, 81 minutes gone or something. Just blow the whistle now, don't let another one go and just blow the whistle now. So it was, um, it's different because going into that game, we had been on the back of a good run. You're thinking, oh, we, we, we can cause an upset here. We can we can do something here. And then lose a couple of early goals, get a player sent off and we're probably a bit gung-ho and be too much attacking, but it's probably in hindsight, we should have said, right, look, we're going to just defend, not lose any and just, just see the game out here sort of thing. But, um, that was a hard one to take. And a couple of weeks later, you just get into the League Cup final. It was a, a massive turnaround to just to get to that that final really early. You go up against Rangers. Were you worrying it was going to be another defeat like it was a few weeks beforehand? Or were you going to have a bit of confidence? I, I think because um, of that 7-0, it sort of shattered our confidence a wee bit. So we sort of set up to make sure that we're going into that game. We're not going to like leave ourselves wide open to lose lots of goals. So we, we we played more defensively, although we did manage to um, get the goal back and, and keep it one all up for a time. But we made sure that day, even when we went 2 1, probably if we hadn't lost that game 7 0, when it went 2 1, probably half an hour to go, we'd have probably more, gone more attacking, brought more strikers on, really gone for it. But I think it's always in the back of your mind after sort of that hammer. And that, so I think that's it. We're on a good run getting to the final, but that getting beat 7 0 a few weeks before, I think, sort of knocked us a wee bit low. We've done a lot better in the cup final, just in the back of your mind, it's still there. If we're too open, what can happen? Yeah. See that cup final, how big 
a feeling was it for you personally to, to be able to play in a cup final at Parkhead? Yeah, it was really good. It was the first cup final um, I played in, so it was um, it was at the time um, Hamden was getting redeveloped, so it was at Parkhead and yeah. full house. And it, was, it, was, it was a great day. It was just um, it was a tough one because after getting beat, because usually going to a cup final, although although you want to win, you think we can cause an upset here, but having get beat seven or three weeks before, it, it's, it's, it is in the back of your mind. Whereas sometimes you go into a cup final, and you think right, we've got a right good chance here, but we did have a chance, but it was, it was always going to be very difficult, but it was just a great occasion and it was always great to get to a cup final. Yeah. You finished third in the league that season. It was an unbelievable achievement, obviously the first season in the SPL. Who did you feel were the good players in that team alongside you that, that kind of helped get that, get up that high in the league? Yeah, um, I think Paul sort of built a team for a couple of years previously, but um, alongside me at centre half was Alan Kernigan. Um, he had been at Man City and they managed to get him on loan because he was out of favour and Man City had gone through a lot of managers at the time and he got him up, so they managed to get him up on loan. But he had gone for, I think it was one and a half million from Middlesbrough a couple of seasons previous. He played in the World Cup Republic Ireland. So somebody with him and his experience just being in the team gave sort of everybody a lift with um, Alan Main in goals. He was in the fringe of the Scotland squad at the time. Yeah. He was good. Gary Bowen, the um, ex-Dunnery Rangers at fullback. With Alan Preston, that's now does the radio. He was playing midfield with Paul. So with an experienced team and um, we somehow managed to get him. Um, Roddy Grant keep going up front, not mean he was um, didn't have many legs, but he could put himself about and he became a sort of hassle. So, and with boys like Danny Griffin um, that came through, he was um, playing with Northern Ireland when he was 18, 19 and stuff. So, with a few youngsters, but with a good experienced team. And we were fortunate that season, we hardly had any injuries. So, with a settled team, we can get um, the other one was um, John O'Neill that ended up going on to the Hib, went on to Hibs a few years later. Obviously, they really good season that season. So, with a settled team and experienced most experienced team and we managed to go in sort of week in, week out. Would you say that was the best season of your career? Pro- probably um, where we finish wise, um, because it was sort of the first season sort of winning these games, everything else, um, probably Dun United, we finished third with Dun United, but because you was getting late in your career and the, the way the sort of career had gone, you felt like that was an achievement. Because you were just sort of young, you were playing week in, week out, you were winning games, so you, you, just, you just felt this is a sort of norm. It's only when you come away from that and maybe join a team and having a couple of bad seasons, you're thinking like, I remember that season there or whatever. So it was, it was one of the best ones, yeah. And I think nobody really expected us that season. Um, Rangers won the league, um, Celtic were second. And it was us and Kilmarnock fighting for third. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Aberdeen, were down sort of bottom half. Hibs were in the division below. Um, Dungeon United were in the bottom half. Hearts were sitting about mid-table. So if you look at now for St. Johnson to be third, come out third, not mean I don't think... Um, I've achieved for a, a long time, not mean. Yeah, definitely. The season after, you make it. You go into Europe. You play the first round, but you pick up an injury in September. What, what happened? Yeah, it was just the end of that first season. I played every single game, every minute, every single game. There was um, three games to go. Um, it was about five minutes left to go. We're playing um, Motherwell at home. It was now now. Went up for a header. Um, Don Goodman was up front of Motherwell at the time. Yeah. But, arm went up and he jumped up underneath and it dislocated my shoulder and it couldn't pop back in so um, it's only the only time touch would have been an ambulance so um, had to get taken off the pitch and the ambulance the full-time whistle had gone so the ambulance was going back up to local hospital so they said Ryan make your own way up we'll take you in the back so had to go up to hospital get popped back in missed the last two games and then um, came back got scans on it rehabbed it they thought we'd just go back into place and then um, pre-season got a bang on it it came out so I said, because you've done pre-season, season's about to start, we'll get an operation on it, but keep playing until you do it again. And managed to get through the first six games. 
And it was, um, unfortunately, it was Motherwell again um, before we played Monaco. Um, on the Thursday night, it was a Saturday, it was Lee McCulloch went up for a header, headered it, and he just clapped into the back of me and just put, because the shoulder was loose, it just popped it out. Yeah. And then that was it, just unfortunate. It was um, four days before we played Monaco, and so had to go for an operation and um, was out for 12 weeks after that. Mm-hmm. And you don't play again till February. You come back into the team, though, and you, you again, you, you solidify your place again. Like, how good were you feeling being at, being at the club that was doing doing really, really well? Did you feel as if that your career was progressing well? Yeah, I felt that time had, had gone well. Obviously, I had the setback, been injured, missing that few months, but playing week in, week out, um, and, and people were sort of starting to take notices in Johnson because they were getting the, they were getting, the, getting to the later rounds of cup stages. Um, they, they were in the top half of the league and things, so people were starting to take notice. And oh, it's an experienced squad. They've got a few younger ones, and um, I think my boy Philip Scott midfield he moved on to Sheffield Wednesday, and John Mew obviously moved to Hibs. So a few had sort of got moves, and, and teams were starting to scout and look more at sort of St Johnson players. Yeah, and progressing well at the time. And the 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 one the one player I want to touch on, one player I thought was always really really good when I watched St Johnson was Nathan Lowndes. What was how important was he to the team? Yeah, he was really good, especially that first season he came in. Um, Paul Sturrock got him um, from down south, been released by Watford, so Paul Sturrock brought him in, and he came in on trial, and he was a fit lad and ran, and then he just he just got um he went on a run of games where he just right areas and scoring goals. And he's a really good finisher. Um, Manchester lad, he actually still lives in Perth now, but um, he came up and done really well, and it was just nobody really heard of him. Young boy being released by Watford, Paul Sturrock got him up on trial, and he came in the team and. He was excellent and scored goals, and that's probably the reason we didn't score that many goals this that season. But him scoring the goals probably took us to like third in the league and got us fun in the competitions. Yeah, and the the season after the old 2000-2001 season, you signed a new contract. Was it was it obviously just improved terms? Was it was it the plan to be there for as long as you could be? Yeah, because um, because um, it, 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 it sort of changed slightly because um, at Hibs, what had happened even breaking into the team, you took weight. They wait till the last game of the season and stuff. But what had happened then um, at St Johnson, sort of Bosman Newland had come in at that time. So at Hibs, um, even when you're a younger boy, your contract would be up and then you'd maybe on a year's contract, you'd go and see the manager, he'd sit you down, you'd be on a seat, sitting down here. His, he'd have a big high seat and you'd be looking up at him and you're thinking, all right, I'm maybe due a 50 pound wage rise this year. And he'd tell you all the things you, you were rubbish at and you couldn't do and all that. And he'd offer you the same terms and then hand you the pence, you'd just sign it and you'd be happy to get the deal with us. With the Bosman ruling coming in, um, I'd got an increased more money going to St Johnston, and then Satan had just come into football, um, yeah. and the football was on and it was before Satan, so it was Sky. So it was six o'clock on a Sunday was the Sky games. Yeah, that's right. So there was a lot more money in it. So it was, it was a good contract to offer for three years, and they were trying to tie players down. So they spoke to me. I still had a year in my contract left. I was like. Mr. Neil Hatton usually wait till the season's finished and then get an offer. Not mean, but they were, they were offering me um, an extension, so it'd be another three years. And because the first two years had gone really well, we thought, oh, security, everything else, here, I'll, I'll sign here and then sign the contract. And then, unfortunately, the next few seasons didn't work out as well and we ended up getting relegated. Yeah, that's right. The You finished 10th that season, the 2001 season, did you? How different was it from the feeling of the first two seasons when you were trying to start in fifth to then be kind of finishing tenth and a fight relegation? What was the big differences? 
Um, I think I think we we got off to a slow start and then we picked up just before Christmas. It was still the time where you had the winter break in January and we'd actually got ourselves into six and we're sort of um, neck and neck with Hearts getting top six. That was the first season where the league split into top six and the bottom six. And um, we were just just on the fringes, we were just neck and neck with Hearts. I think we were sort of joint six just above and just below them. And then um, we came back after that three-week break and we got knocked out of the cup by Delferm and they were in the division below. We picked up a few injuries and we went in a bad run of games. And I think with the league splitting, and it was the first time, then we, I think it was that sort of realisation from the players that we're not going to get in this top six. And then some players' contracts were up and they weren't getting renewed and they were trying to change the squad. And I think, I think it was one of these things that people felt, oh, well, that's the season over. But, and I think the bottom two, I think someone was right at the time, so we had more points than them. So we weren't going to get dragged into a relegation fight, but we weren't going to get in the top six. So we just sort of, the season petered out and we ended up finishing 10th, which was a, sort of a big disappointment compared to where we were in sort of January. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sandy Clark leaves at the end of that season and Billy Stark comes in. Were you, were you sad to see Sandy Clark go? Um, yeah, because he had done well. Everything else, I think it's um, always hard when a manager leaves. He had been there three and a half years and it was close and he was always on the training pitch and always in amongst amongst the players and stuff. So it's, it's always um, upset when it goes, when, when somebody goes and were a close-knit bunch when he left and stuff, but results hadn't gone well. It's probably unfortunate because the players we had, the older ones, had, had moved on, they'd got older, um, then maybe going to take maybe part-time leagues or, or, or finish playing, um, and then the better ones had maybe been sold or moved on, and then trying to get players on that sort of same budget is becoming more and more difficult because more teams have more money and things like that, so um, recruitment, things like that, it was hard to sort of place the players were losing, and it was just sort of and we are started slipping down. Yeah. One player who was who was really, really good for, for St. Johnson has obviously had a great career was Paul Hartley. Could you see he would go on to be as good as he became? Um it stood um he was good, he was, he was a winger, he was good crosser and stuff, but actually when, when I was at Hibs, um he came in the first season with full time, he came in, he was um he came in training on trial. And um, I always remember John Burridge saying, oh, he, he was still at Hibs at the time. He was, I forgot when characters at Hibs, John Burridge, he was there. And he always says, oh, he reminds me of a young Pat Nevin and that. Because at the time, Paul Hartley was like a tricky right winger. Yeah. Great crosser. And when we signed for St. Johnston, um, right winger, um, good ability, good on the ball, um, good deliveries, good, good free kicks, everything else, um, wide right. But then he sort of fell out of the team a wee bit. And it wasn't until probably the following scene until Billy Stark came, he made him a centre mid and his career just took off. It moved into centre mid and then got moved to Hearts and then moved to Celtic. But at the time, he was just sort of like a, a sort of tricky winger, but a good, good crosser out wide and he played away out wide right. And then, but I think when he came into the middle of the park, he got more of the ball and, and he, he sort of creative talents took off. Yeah. The the season, the 01 02 season, just go 13 games without a win. Did you have a feeling that there was just going to be the, this was the kind of beginning of the end of St. Johnson's run in SPL? I, I think we got off the bus. That was one of these ones that you go back pre-season and we had a few injuries and a few players have left and they're trying to sign a few players and had gone through and they didn't get them over the line. So we started pre-season. It probably hadn't gone as well as planned. We were probably a little bit short of numbers. Um, pre-season games were disappointed. We played lower league teams and got poor results. So confidence was probably a wee bit when we started the season and we got off to a poor start and it's just that sort of knock-on effect. And then, then, then we struggled to win games and then Billy Stark came in and you're hoping that get kicked. And we came close, we were levelling games and we lose a late goal and it was just like kicking the teeth. And then that one continued and then the rest of the team started pulling away. So you thought, 
it's going to be hard. But we, we did pull it back and we got closer to teams around the world. It was at Christmas, but then we fell away again and that was it. But I think if you if you get off to a bad start and you're always chasing it, it's hard. Unless you have a big turnover of players in sort of January time, you can spend your way out. It's difficult to then turn it round and then um, change it round, losing so many games to then go back winning four and five and things. Yeah, and you get you, unfortunately you get relegated at the end of that season, and you's you's go down to the first division. Were you were you expecting to go back up, or was there was there worries that but that that was the sort of plan? So we cut. So um, obviously they had to cut the budget and things. So a few players have left, but we had sort of a nucleus of quite a good squad. And, well, start, we've got a few ones in, so we actually often, I think we won the set first, we won the first um, four, four of the first five games, so we got off to a good start. Unfortunate thing was, at the time, um, Falkirk, Ian McCall just was backing at Falkirk, so there, sort of John Hughes was still playing, um, Lee Miller, Mark Kerr, Colin Samuel, Owen Coyle, yeah. so they had a great squad at the time, and we were just unfortunate, I think they won the first five games, so most seasons gone by, we would have been top of the league after the first five or six games, but because they'd got a great start, we're always chasing them, and they beat us in the first um, first round of games, and then opened up a lead, and we got to closer to them, maybe about three or four points around Christmas time, but then they pulled away again, but I think we're unfortunate, because they were such a strong tight team, at this, maybe, maybe the, the next again season or whatever, we could have been up there challenging more, but because they pulled away, then it became the season sort of petered out a wee bit, yeah, and the last season of your your time at St Johnson, were you? It was last year your contract. Were you always kind of planning to move on at the end of the season, or was that was a talk of you staying? Um, I think I sort of got to that stage. Um, I think it's what happens a lot of players. Um, because I signed that contract, things have been going really well the first two seasons. Um, as I said, TV money, so I've got an improved contract, everything else for the Premier League, and they were expecting to be set sort of top six, pushing um, later stage of the cup. Hadn't gone that well. End up playing the first division on a good contract and they, they probably felt that um that should have been doing more so they were sort of think financially were keen to get me off the books anyway so i knew if they did offer something it would be on sort of reduced terms but i think they had thought it, and probably in um, best scenario probably gone a bit stale that been there six years um been a long time a lot of change over the players and probably that last team probably didn't have my best season or whatever so it was it was probably time to it's probably like sort of, the best all round just to sort of move on. Yeah. Max with Pat Alinham was at St Johnson that season. How how good was he and was he a good character? Yeah, he was um he's obviously strong, strong competitive. Um I'd played against him and stuff. So he came, Billy Stark brought him in. He was really good. He was staying in Edinburgh at the time as well. Something travelled through him a few times, but he was good, really encouragement, really motivated and things. And it was just unfortunate. He was just getting to the later stage of his career, but he had some games, he scored quite a few goals for us at the start of the season, then he picked up a knee injury. And he, he missed the sort of second half of the season, but big character and definitely big aggressive type. You know, um, at the time John Hughes was still playing with Falkirk, so it was one of these. The ball would go up, the ball would move, and the two of them would just clatter into each other. Not mean so. It's um, when you see Mitsu coming in and training, you, you want to step side side step or not. You don't want to get hit by him. Brilliant. Was it always Inverness? Was was there any other clubs looking at you? Um, at the time, it was, I've only been. To be lucky to be fortunate only twice in my career that I've been out of contract in the summer when there's not really been um sort of like a move straight away or that. So um after getting there, I was hoping that they maybe try and find someone and speaking to sort of championship teams and things, but nothing really came up. But as far as well, so the way it worked out, Inverness won the league that season, but we played um Inverness in the last game of the season um up there when they won the league. Um and it wasn't until after the game they won the league in Donald Park. I'd worked under him at Hib, the young boy. Um, he was there as assistant manager, um, just speaking after the game. 
And then he was just saying, oh, Bobby Mann had signed for Dundee, so he was leaving to go to Dundee. He says, oh, we could be in the market half. What's your plans? And it just says, oh, we've not got anything. He says, oh, well, we might be in touch. And it's maybe about six, seven weeks later, he got in touch and ended up going up there. So it was, um, but nothing really else. Our options were um, sort of part-time. Um, got a few other part-time offers, but wanted to keep, it was only 28 at the time, so I was, I was keen to stay um, sort of full-time and, try and play but at the time probably thought championship but then Inverness had just gone up so a chance to stay in the SPL so it was a good opportunity. Yeah. How do you look back on your time St Johnson? Um I think it's it was really good. The first two seasons were um couldn't first season couldn't have asked for any more going there, finishing third, getting to League Cup final, getting to semi-finals of the Scottish Cup, next season playing in Europe. So it couldn't have gone any better. And then obviously that we set back with a shoulder injury but and then Probably last, probably gone, but still, if I hadn't signed this sort of new three and a half year deal or whatever at the time, um, probably looking back with the probably, it probably been better to maybe leave a season or two earlier than I did. Six years probably overstayed, um, they're probably progressing wise, probably best to maybe leave after f- four years or five years, but six maybe just a wee bit too long. I'd come to the stage where it's probably looking back now, gone a bit stale, it's probably time to move on a wee bit earlier. Yeah, you made the move to Inverness and obviously you move up north, but yeah, how were you feeling about moving up to the a lot of different part of the world, yeah. basically? It was definitely different. So, um, them, so we had, had them club houses or whatever, so it stayed with a couple of younger boys, um, David Proctor and Dan Thompson. Right. Um, so we travel, so I had a place, um, my girlfriend at the time in Edinburgh, so we, we travel up on a Monday, so there's a few of us at stage. We used to train um, Monday afternoon, so we'd leave at nine and then. I would come back, some boys would come back, I used to come back um, Tuesday after training and then drive up on a Thursday morning, so leave the house at um, quarter past six, pick one of the boys up at the West End in Edinburgh, half six, then meet one of the boys from Glasgow, 20 past seven in the box and roundabout, it must have been for half nine. So by the time you got there at 20 past nine to get changed for training, you're like, I've been up for hours, not meaning it was um, a long day, but just go on with it. But, at the start of the season, it wasn't too bad, but it was, it was this time of year when it got to January, February time, it was like dark mornings, dark nights. Yeah. Definitely took it slow, but it worked out really well. But it was just um, travelling up and down. And at the time, we had a good team spirit. John Roberts and Donald Park built a really good team spirit. All the boys were friendly. It was something different. It was, it was a new environment, something new. So um, it, it, worked, it worked, worked out well. And obviously you said there about John Robertson building a good team spirit. Who were the good characters in the dressing room when you went there? Um, we had quite a few. Um, so Barry Wilson was there. He, he'd been around there for a while. Um, so yeah. obviously Ross Tokely had been there. So Phil Matt had been there for a lot of years. Um, Hugh Wallabeck was the captain. Um, the few, um, I think, well, a few, Richie Hastings was there as well. So there was a few in there, Wayne McBain. Um, so what ones that had been there... and. Because of the squad, quite a lot have been there as they'd come through there, maybe in League One and Championship, and um, and quite a lot were from up in the sort of Highlands as well. So it was a good sort of club, and they were all coming through and all pushing each other. Yeah, John Robertson goes to heart, he takes a heart's job. Were you, were you surprised he was leaving? On, and then obviously, your teammate Greg, Craig Brewster gets the job. How did yeah. you feel about John Robertson leaving? Um, it was one of the other things that I'd only been there about three months. John Robertson then um, got there, but then the rumours at the time, I think Hearts were. Wasn't sure who. I think Craig Levine had just left to go um, to Leicester. Yeah. So an opportunity. John Robertson obviously taking Inverness up. I think the previous year he had beat Celtic in the cup as well. So it was good publicity and it was it was an attraction because he was there for so many years as a player, sort of club legend to go back there. So I think when they came calling, um, he couldn't say no. So, so he went. So 
it was one of these things, you've been at the club three months, you're thinking, like, who are we going to get as manager next? And then Craig, Craig Rooster took over, who um, I think we played on firm on a few weeks earlier, we'd been, I'd been playing against him, he'd been playing up front, so he came in there as player manager. And I think, I think it worked out really well, because at the time, we're probably a wee bit short in the striker department, and then he came as a striker, and with his experience, I think he scored about eight goals. He couldn't play till January, because obviously his transfer window and stuff, but... I think he scored eight goals from January to the end of the season and chipping in by these goals helped pull us away from the the bottom few teams and nearly got us in the top six. Yeah. Just finish eighth that season then was wow a good first season for you. You get the, the players the players player of the year. Were you were you put happy with your with your season, how it went? Yeah, so so going there at the start, so um played quite a lot of pre season games, but John Robertson was the team that got them promoted, so he wanted to keep them together. So I had to be patient on the bench and then fortunately um, they played Kilmarnock and Stuart McCaffrey got sent off so I managed to get in there um, I think that was about the start of October we got in the team the team won that many games but we managed to beat Dundee midweek managed to beat Livingston on the, the Saturday and we had a good run of results and then Brewster took over and he just sort of kept it was and we sort of picked up so managed to sort of cement my team in the place and um, in the team and it worked out really well till the end of the season Yeah the season after he was going on an 11-match unbeaten run like, was Craig Brewster getting, getting a good tune out of the team at that point? Yeah, I think he sort of came in there, he changed training because he'd been sort of abroad and stuff and he joined in as well and he had a good, really good first touch, really good finisher. Um, obviously, he's come to a later stage of his career, but just having somebody like that join in training, team training and say the boys, oh, what are we expecting to do here? But they're watching him and he's finishing and it might be a windy day and he's still finishing, he's still hitting the target. He was still really fit for his age, so if we were doing like fitness work or we're doing runs, he was always up the front, so... And then up there as well, the, the players had that mentality. Well, he's a manager, he's not beating me. So that would sort of push them on as well. So they were sort of more determined. But he brought in things like um, strength and condition. It was just starting to come into football at the bigger clubs. But he brought that in. So we started doing that on a um, Tuesday at the local college, um, at their strength and conditioning gym. So he brought that in. We started doing like spinning, um, spinning sessions maybe on a Monday, um, going to the pool with um, Valentine's up there, ball and them, sort of that. So we're going to the pool. Um, and things like that, pool sessions. And so it's changed a lot of the training. It was, a, it was a sort of freshness and nobody really sort of done that sort of training before. And it, and it definitely spurred everybody on. Brilliant. And obviously Craig Brewster leaves, he takes a Dundee United job and Charlie Christie comes in. Like, what was what was Charlie Christie like? And did he kind of, did he kind of change all that? Um, I, he, I think he, him coming in, him being an ex-player and he, he was still around at the club, um, a job in the commercial department once he retired, he's been at the club for years. Um, so then he, he came back in sort of temporary basis when Craig Brewster had left and we went on a good run I think it was a good run in the Scottish Cup and we won the league games as well so he decided to take the job so he just sort of kept with a steady squad um, quite a strong squad and he just sort of kept everything the same ticking along and we started to pick up pick up results and everybody sort of knew their job everything else and we just kept everything going and with, with a good end to that season yeah, Craig Brewster tries to sign you for the United. Were you were you keen to go with him? Um, I, I know you left to go, but I really enjoyed working for him. And then obviously, chance for Nick to come in Vanessa worked out really well. But it was a chance to get back down the road, cut back on the driving. Um, obviously, Vanessa been great. Dunyan had that potential. Not mean to nothing against Vanessa, a great club, but but a bigger club was a chance to go back there. Um, I was just thirty, just. Wrong, just just come thirty or whatever. So it was a chance to go back, probably last sort of, sort of move sort of thing, and um, was keen to go. But I still had another year to go to Inverness, and 
they were keen for me after Craig Booster going, they were keen for me to stay. So they, they, they were sort of starting to look for money. So it was one of these things. I think I think they were maybe holding out for under thousand pounds and Dungeon were maybe offering like thirty-five thousand. So it was that thing for, for me, I was thirty year old. I'd been released from St. Johnson two years previous, nobody really wanted me. I felt minimal fee at the most, not mean but at that time, but it was haggling between the two, so end up um, doing it in Burness. Yeah, you ha- you handed on a transfer request at the start of the the se- the, the next season and the day night it had it bids turned down. Was it, is it hard to keep focused when there's a I can have transfer saga like that going on for, for you. Um, it, it wasn't too bad because it's sort of a nice little um, the way at the time, but Dungeon you were keen and um, Nation had at the time, he was um, obviously he's an agency, so he was trying to get them get the move happening and stuff. So at the time, he says, Oh, Inverness didn't want to let me go. Um, they, they said Dungeon weren't off enough money, thought Inverness was holding it for too high a fee, felt want to go. So he says, If you put a transfer request, it'll force their hand, it'll make Inverness. They don't want to keep an unhappy player. They, they'll want, they, they'll, they'll let you go, sort of thing. So, so it took his advice and put the transfer request, but then it got turned down. And at the time, then speaking to a few sort of um, experienced coaches in the game, and you thought, I didn't feel, and looking back on it in hindsight, I probably wouldn't, have, I wouldn't do it again. He felt as a sort of kicking the teeth to your own teammates. I mean, you'd worked so well, you'd worked so well with them, and all of a sudden he says, right, a move comes along, I want to leave, I want to stand under contract. So, and um, once it went not back, I then sort of realised it was probably the wrong decision, so withdrew it and then just sort of get the head down and kept working away and, and played that season out. So at the time, but if I had time again, hindsight probably wouldn't have done it at the time. So I took the wrong advice and thought it was a way of forcing through a move, but looking back in hindsight, um, it got knocked back. But I, I was more than happy to stay at Inverness and the last season actually worked out quite well. Yeah, and the, the last season in, in the January, you signed a pre-contract with Dundee United, like... Was there was there a bit of tension with the fans and kind of players that the fact that you were you were stating your intention to to leave at the end yeah. of the season? Not too bad. So um, after Craig um, obviously Craig Brewster got sacked from in October, so I thought that the move had gone. That was it. That was the end of it. But um, in January time, Craig Levine um, approached and then said, said he was keen. He was building a young team. He was keen to get an experienced centre half and and um, would have be interested in coming. And it was a great opportunity and. Craig Levine really sold the club and thought it was a great idea. So um, at the time, they says, oh, I don't know what's going to be like. And then, fortunately, I think two weeks after I signed the pre-contract, we played um, Dungeon United in the Cup. Um, and then people were thinking, oh, is he going to play them? And then Charlie Christie spoke to me and says, oh, I'm not sure if I can play, you know, just if, if maybe if um, you're at fault for one of the goals, people say it's because you're, you're going there anyway, sort of yeah. thing. So, um, but anyway, he decided to go with me and I ended up playing and we ended up winning 1-0. And... It was like a sort of back to the wall game for the last 20 minutes. I think I hit that, cleared about two off the line and headed, headed, a, headed a shot away, goal bound shot away and stuff. You know what I mean? So I, th- I think after that, people realised like, okay, I'm going there in the summer, but I still got a, a responsibility to my teammates and to the team I'm at just now. You know what I mean? So yeah, okay. But it could be one of these games where if you're unfortunate to score an OG, people will say, oh, well, he wasn't really trying this and that. But fortunate for me, it worked out okay that day. Yeah, brilliant. And at the end of that, the end of that season, you you leave obviously to go to the to the United. How do you look back on your time at Inverness? Um, I think really well. So it went there after having a couple probably not my best seasons at St John's a wee bit stale, but it was just a sort of freshness going up there. Don't just drive in some of their new new teammates, everything else. And one one thing about the squad is um, they're really competitive. Even in training, the tackles would go in. Um, it was physical. Um, John Robson Gray was worked us really hard, so it was, it was really sort of physical. Everybody pushed themselves to the limit. So it was um, 
good environment. You have to get, you have to sort of keep pushing yourself, train, train to your sort of maximum every day, and it sort of gave me sort of a new lease of life and kicked on a wee bit, and it worked out really well, and got that wee sort of kick on again. Although seen as maybe going to be a bit stale at St Johnson, that sort of pushed me on and and and, and moved on to Dundee United and sort of progressed. So that after having that dip, dip the last few years at St Johnson, then when they sort of kicked me back up again. Yeah, and you you going to Dundee United? How excited were you to work with Craig Levine? Um, good, it, it sort of good reports. Um, remember him um, um, playing obviously his fans playing for Hearts and stuff, and he was obviously unfortunate to um quit the game early because his knees and stuff. Yeah, and we've spoken players that worked under him and sort of spoke highly of him. So it, it was good in the way I sort of sold the club. Um, he gets he signed on a two year deal and says okay. You're experienced defenders, but a lot of young players coming through. Gary Kenneth was there at the time. Um, the young boy Keith Watson, he had a few knee injuries before he come back. But he was building a young team, new players. He said, I want an experienced player to sort of help these youngsters come on. You'll probably look to play most of the first season, but second season, um, you'll probably be um, sort of pushed out and get younger players in, but I'll give you a two years deal anyway. And fortunately, end up sort of being there for four years, so maybe overseeing my welcome year, but it worked out really well. Yeah, and you you play alongside Lee Wilkie, and like, how good was he to play alongside? Um, really good. So it was um, we got up a good understanding, especially that first season playing alongside each other. So, and looking back, you're thinking he had that. He had had two cruciate knee operations, and that that did hold him back. He wasn't as mobile um on that side, and he had screws and everything else in his knees. And some days he couldn't train every session, especially when it's hard ground that was indoors or things like that. But to keep himself going and playing at that level, I would have loved to have played with him when he was like at his peak before the injuries. Obviously, he played for Scotland, I think, but be for his two bad knee injuries, he got a lot more caps for Scotland. And um, maybe, although he played Dundee and Dundee, I think he would have maybe got like a, a big move to um, a good money move. Yeah, definitely. You have a great start at Dundee United. How how were you kind of settling in? Was it was it a good start for you? Yep. So um, I think Craig Levine really worked on the defence and with a really hard pre season, it was sort of more. More an sort of old fashioned one went um, the army base up at Condor up at a broth and he put everybody through their paces, double session. So we got sort of really fit and really organized. And we, he brought all the flood up um, from Cardiff on loan, so he pulled in a few good loan signings. Um, no hunt up front, so we had a good and he put a few John Daly was there, Sean Dunn. So he put a lot of good players in together and we all sort of gelled. And we had a really good start, and I think the confidence just built. Yeah, and obviously the the run up to the League Cup final, like obviously that was all seven oh eight season that against Rangers. How how gutted were you not to play that game, and what was the reason you didn't play? Um, yeah, it was cut um, that way because the semi final we played in Aberdeen in the semi final um, six weeks before, and it was a great occasion. So it was, it was at Tynecastle, and I know they, they make the semi finals go to Hamden now. It's a bit about a bit later, but um, at the time semi final we still got played at neutral venues. So yeah. remember going. Um, as a fan and that was great a neutral venue it was like it was Tyne Castle it was a Tuesday night Aberdeen 16,000 the place was packed you know what I mean we won nothing down I scored to make it one all we went on to win 4-1 it was a great night and it was like oh six weeks time we've got the final everything else so really looking forward to it but in that spell it was me and Sidley Wilkie playing at the back Gary Kenneth was on the bench but the spell leading up to it um, my form dipped a wee bit um, I don't know why it was it was always around um, sort of the dark nights of January, so the end of December, January time that my form would dip a wee bit and form dipped. Um, he chopped and changed the teeth to keep people fresh. Unfortunately, I had a few poor games. I got knocked out of the cup by St Myrna. I was poor that day. 
Um, Gary Kenneth came in the week before the cup final. Next to Wilkie was excellent. They played Celtic Parkhead, they drew 0-0. He was excellent next to Lee Wilkie and he kept him. A lot of played just about um, mostly games. Gary Kenneth played four or five, but he just came into form at the right time. And, and I suppose if any manager would do, somebody's playing really well, somebody's maybe a wee dip in form, that's what happens. And unfortunately, it was on the bench. So it was disappointing at the time. Um, even the build-up, because he never named the team till the day before, so you're still thinking, um, oh, playing all the rounds, playing these games, this and that, and changing the team, I'll still be in or whatever, um, and then to find yourself on the bench, but it, it was one of these games that we were in the lead, and then we lost the goal, and then it went to penalties and on the bench, but then I suppose it might be different if you're a striker or a wide player, things like that, if you're on the bench, but on the bench at centre-half, you know you're only really going to come on if somebody gets an injury or yeah. something happens, so the chances of coming on are limited, so it was it, it was disappointing, um, but it, it was good to get there. But um, being on the high score in the semi-final, moving forward to the final, just wish the final had been the next again week because I probably kept my place in being in the final. Not mean, but it's, it's that six weeks. But lots of other people probably in that boat as well. Not mean, you just had like a dip in form at the wrong time. Yeah, the you, you ever call up for the Scotland B squad? Do you remember how that came about? Um, we were playing well with them. We're doing well, and I think. Um, Lee Wilkie, they'd been watching Lee Wilkie because he had a really good start to the season. Um, Alan Cleese was in charge of the B squad. Um, he was putting a squad together in Lee Wilkie, but I think he just picked up an injury or something, so he just missed out. Um, I think we tried somebody else, and then um, they looked, and at the time, 31, I was thinking, like, I played under 21s in like 1996 and things like that, and over there now, it's gone. I mean, it's, it's a master's for me, not even. <laughs> Uh, Craig Levine just pulled me one day at the training and says, oh, they're putting together a B squad. Um, and the police asked actually to go along. So we just come completely out of the blue from going from um, probably say, three and a half, just over three years ago, where it had been um, released by St. Johnston in the championship, struggling to find a club to get a call for a B. It was like an unbelievable sort of turnaround. And then it was great to go along to the trip because it was um, Kevin Thompson, Charlie Adam, Crystal Lumu, then all the sort of players came at Norton. There's a lot of ones came up from down south for that game as well. I mean, so just just to be in that sort of squad and being around that, I think Michael Stewart, um, thank you also there, but just being around that sort of squad and being part of it and um, play the half. So it was just it was just great. A great after getting to that age, I think it maybe passed you by. Obviously, being um, sort of ten years earlier, being in another twenty ones and playing another twenty one games, and thinking, oh, maybe one day. But then just to create, it doesn't really happen. You get to 31, you think, oh, that, that's the chance gone. But it's just a great occasion. And just um, really happy to be being part of it. And then you've seen the players and you've seen the level they were playing at and everything else. It gave you that sort of boost. Because most people think when you get to sort of 20, 29, that's you sort of overhill, that's it, sort of gone sort of thing. Brilliant. And obviously the, the, the second season was quite a kind of, it was a sad atmosphere at the club after the chairman, Eddie Thompson, passed away. Did you, was it, was it difficult to... For the club to kind of focus on the the playing playing side of it that going on. I think um, he, he was always there. He was um, at the time we always met kind of in the morning. So we, we trained at a couple of junior pitches in Dundee. We trained at um, a pitch um, at one of the schools in Dundee. So we always met and got changed there. We always had a lunch upstairs at um, Tannadice. So you always seen Eddie moving about even um, towards the end of his illness and stuff. But you always see him and he always came up. And he was one of these chairmen that. He understood you couldn't win every game. Not when he was one of his chairmen, like, don't worry, don't worry, boys. It didn't go for us this Saturday, but come next week, um, we, we can turn it, come next week, we'll get back to winning ways. And he was always positive. And 
even if somebody didn't have a good game, you say, oh, it wasn't your best game, but you've been great the week before, and he was always around the boys, and the boys always felt like, obviously been a football a long time, you get some chairman that um, you get beat, you go back on the bus, and the chairman's on the bus, and he's growling, everybody comes on the bus, and what I mean, he's like, I'm paying your wages, and you're giving me that, because Eddie Thompson seemed to understood, he couldn't win every game, and he was, yeah. you know, the player, so it was, um, it was obviously, it's sad um, with his illness and that, when he did pass away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Craig Brewster tried to sign you again this time. He wants to take you back to Inverness. But you sign a contract extension. Was it difficult to, to say no to Craig and obviously commit to Dundee United again? Um, I think at the time I'd gone well at Dundee United and I think it's like Craig Brewster had been quite keen over to go back because he had gone back there to Inverness in a second spell. But um, I think after being there and then obviously I'd gone well at Dundee United, I was enjoying my football there and I was quite happy to stay. So it was it wasn't even that wasn't that hard to think because it sort of made my mind up that if I did get offered an extension, I, I, would, I would stay there. So when it came up, I think it maybe have been different if I hadn't been playing at United and I was out out of favour and hadn't played many games and they were looking to um, move me on. So because they had offered an extension, I'd played most of the games since I'd been there, then I was keen to stay. Yeah, definitely. He's finished fifth in the season after. Uh, Craig Levine makes another sign and we've actually had Andy Webster on the show and he says just how good the what kind of structure was it the day United? Did you how did you feel about Andy coming in? Um, good. So um, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing because um, because it's been that time 32, 33 years more sort of mature player. So players come in, but it's, it's the thing you see a lot of clubs like when um, for younger players, if, if players come in, like good players come in, they think, oh, I might lose my place, this and that. But I've always seen it as a bit of like um, or it's more competition. What can I learn from him? Everything else and. Obviously, I'd had his injury problems. He'd, great, he'd done really well at Hearts, um, gone down south, come back. He was at Rangers at the time. We took him on loan. Um, and he came in, and Lee Wilkie had picked up an injury that season. Um, at, at the end of the season, she had got an operation, so he was going to miss the start. And Andy Webster came in, and he was really good, um, a really good leader, um, organiser, and um, excellent caps for Scotland. And that was, it was a really good player. Learned, learned a lot, just his position and everything else. He was. I was older, but just playing next to him and stuff. But I think, um, and also, he still had his injury problems and stuff. So, but it's, I was the opposite. I had to train. If, if maybe one week you're maybe carrying an injury and you didn't train all week, but you still had to play on a Saturday, I'd play on a Saturday, but I always felt sluggish and we probably not have my best games and maybe be off the pace a wee bit. Whereas Andy Webster was the type that he could maybe not train for two weeks, just do his own bit in the gym. Coming up on a Saturday, we still play that sort of nine out of 10 level, you know what I mean? Which, it was great for him. He could keep himself focused and he could keep himself sharp even without actually doing it on the training pitch, which which was um which he managed to do really well. Mm-hmm. Who were the good characters in that that team? Obviously it was the Scottish Cup season, but who who did you feel were the good kind of characters in the dressing room? Andy Devster was there, um, um, David Goodwill was there at the time. He was always chirpy, he was, he was always loud and stuff. Um, he was there. Danny Swanson had come in um, coming from Berwick, so he was um there was nothing away. So it was good and everybody was sort of close and Craig Conway and John Daly had the sort of Irish connection um, John Dillon and stuff. So um, it was a really good connection, a really good um, b- between all the boys, um, the more sort of local ones and that, that were quite a few Irish players at the time. So it was a good wee sort of bond and younger ones coming into the team. So it was definitely um, what's the sort of ban on the changing room and things. Brilliant. Craig Levine leaves to, to take the Scotland job. Were you, were you sad to see him go? Um, because I got on really well with them, um, and, and, and liked the manager and that, but then I think when Scotland came calling, and I think 
it was that bit. Yeah, Teams on United, they wanted to qualify for so Europe, were just missed out. Um, but that that was sort of his aim. But I think it's at that stage where at the time you had Celtic and Rangers, it was always going to be hard to break them up. Not mean so. Maybe doing winning a cup and probably getting into Europe, that was probably the aim. But we came close on a few occasions when he was there. But it probably felt like. And his, as a manager, that the Scotland job was probably the next step up the ladder for him, sort of thing. So um, I don't think he could sort of turn it back. So then, then he sort of moved on, and it was um, a gap left when he left. Mm-hmm. Peter Houston takes the job. Were you were you glad that it was all, it was Peter Houston that stayed and kind of kept the structure that Craig Levine had built? Yeah, I think so. I think um, the players were happy. So um, obviously, he worked with Craig Levine. Um, Oversee things and maybe we'll take training later in the week. As Peter Houston would be take training at the start of the week, so everybody knew what his training was like, everybody knew what it was going to be like. Um, so he kept everything much to muchness, kept the squad together. I think because he knew most of the boys, he sort of knew what we could do, so he kept us together. And then when he took over, we went on a great run, ended up finishing third in the league that year and get to the Scottish Cup final. Yeah, what was the, what was the run like for the Scottish Cup, Scottish Cup final? We were you playing well? How did you feel about it? Um, we had um, the first game part we got a bad um, got beat, um, just over Christmas New Year time we got beat 7-1 by Rangers um, yeah. that time I so had that defeat so we'd actually gone um, I think we lost three early goals it was midweek it was a Wednesday night it was snowing it was cold and we were really poor that night and um, we got to beat 7-1 so we'd been on a bad run of form we played Partick um, through Partick they were hoping to cause an upset they were in the championship at the time and um, we managed to beat them 2-0 and then um, the next game with St Johnson away, who were going well under Derek McInnes. And um, people were talking about an upset there. We were just just a wee bit hot and cold at the time, and we managed to win that 1-0. And then um, then we got Rangers at Ibrox. But they, they were they were obviously um, still playing on all fronts. Um, and it was it's funny back then, because it was a Scottish Cup tie against Rangers. It was at Ibrox on a Sunday. I think it was a 12 o'clock kickoff on BBC Scotland. But then yeah. it was... Big holders didn't count, so I think there's maybe only about 15,000 people in Ibrox that day. They went 3 1 up, and I think they thought that was it. And we got two late goals and managed to take it to a replay. And we probably got lucky to, to scrape a three drop. They should have been outside, probably, but we managed to take it to a replay. Got back to Tanadice um, on Wednesday night, and we managed to beat them 1 0, scoring the last um, David Robson scores in the last minute. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. That took us to the semi final. And this. The run at the, the final against Ross County, like what was the what was the feeling like to win that Scottish Cup? Um, it was great, but um, unfortunately I got injured just before the, the yeah. Scottish Cup final. But it was um, but, but just going back to that, um, when we played in the rounds leading up to it, and then we played um, we're playing way throwers in the semi final at Hamden on the Sunday, but the Saturday game was Ross County against Celtic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We beat them. We'll get Celtic in the final, so that's going to be a tough one. So you think is our Celtic going to win? So we were training that day before. Um, out in the pit, so went upstairs at Tanadice after our lunch to catch the second half and Ross County scored and it was 1-0 and you're thinking, wonder if they can hold on and you're watching the Celtics having attacks and then they get a second, so we're, we're staying, um, we went away that night to the Westerwood Hotel and we're staying there and you're thinking, Ross County in the final we've got a, we've got a championship team way through over, mid-table in the championship in the semi-final, we won that we've got Ross County in the final, what a yeah. chance we've got to win the cup and then but then we went out and we played Wraith Rovers 1-2-0 um, but it was, it was that but it was the occasion it was it was at Hamden it was on a Sunday it, it was about 20,000 people there so Hamden there wasn't that much of an atmosphere they'd been better playing at Tynecastle and a big crowd and all that but it was at Hamden 20,000 
it was it was a, for me after the semi final the quarter final the replay against Rangers one and one nil um, live on TV at home full house at Tanadice that that feeling of winning the beating with throwers you walk off the pitch at Hamden nobody had sort of felt they played that well in the semi final we'd won two 0 it was a it was a sort of an anti climax even though we'd got to a cup final but yeah just going back to that point I'd got booked at the time if you got two bookings in the cup um you got suspended and for the final so I knew I was carrying a booking going into the semi-final and then um, I remember Gregor Taddy was playing at Wraith at the time and he was out wide and he got away from me about 10 minutes to go and I slid in and I pulled him down and I remember looking around thinking the ref shows me a yellow card I'm going to be suspended for the final and luckily enough he must have felt sorry for me <laughs> the card I thought oh yes but unfortunately two weeks later we played Celtic in the lead and I tore my cartilage and I missed it through injury anyway but these things sometimes go for you. I thought that day that was going to get a, a, a yellow and that would take me out the cup final. And then luckily enough, I never. But then I get injured two weeks later and then that's it, gone. And the final, was it just a brilliant experience for the team just to get that, that victory? Especially after the manager leaving halfway during the season. Was like must, it was a some achievement to get the, the Scottish Cup. Yeah, I think it was just a great day. And then people had said, um, Dungeon United, Ross County, is it going to be full? Then we stopped before it all. Is it going to be, it's only going to be half full. Um, you've not got any half of the old firm. What's the crowd going to be like? But um, it was a great occasion. Um, I think there's nearly um, down um, Dundee United fans, and then Ross County it was just a great atmosphere that day, and we got the goals, and it was, it was a great occasion. And then coming back on the bus, and then the next again day um, at the city square with the trophy and stuff, and the open top bus round round Dundee, it was just a, a, a great occasion, and um, it was great just to be part of it. Brilliant. The last your last season, you only played four times. Was it just the injuries kind of getting on top of you again? Yeah, because um, probably been fortunate with injuries. Only um, dislocated my shoulder. That was the only injury I had previous. But um, so it tore my cartilage. Um, so four weeks before the cup final, um, it was again Celtic. And I carried on um, in the second half till the end of the game, and knew something was right. Went for a scan, needed an operation. So usually when I come, um, usually just one of these players that probably from um, in my twenties that would. When it was pre-season, when it was a close season, we'd probably take a couple of weeks off, but trained myself, so I always came back fit and ready to go for pre-season. But unfortunately, um, when I got the cartilage up, my first day back was um, I was just sort of back into rehab. So starting that season, I was behind everybody else. They were starting back pre-season. I was just starting doing like jogging, so I was about two or three weeks behind them fitness-wise. Um, found it hard to catch up, so got sort of rushed through and played a few pre-season games, but was off the pace and was sluggish, so started the season on the bench, but managed to get in um, and played played a few games and done quite well. We went on a wee run, we beat um, Ross County in the Cup, we beat um, St Johnson in the league, got in the team, then got a bang on the knee, and at the time, the same they had the operation on, I thought, oh, it's just a bang, I thought it was bone bruising, but the, the knee kept locking, but I'd, it wasn't until the scans and they had to operate on it, but I'd actually chipped a bone, a bone at um, part of my bone had come off my knee and it was locking my knee. So I had to get um, an operation without the drill into the bone, let it bleed. And that was the cushioning for it. But um, that was like um, the major operation. So it was eight weeks on crutches over Christmas. So it was, um, that, that was 2010. So that's when really heavy snow and everything else. So it was yeah. about on crutches, every bit of a sledge or whatever. So, and then that, that was me out for the rest of the season because I had 18 weeks I wasn't allowed to do any jogging or any running or anything else by the time it came back that was the season over so that, that's probably the only season in my career where injuries probably wiped out most of the season but 
for play for that number of seasons and only have one season like that. Yeah, uh, in my career. And obviously that was your that was your last season at the club. But how do you how do you look back on your time in the D United? Just um, I think it's, it's a great memories, and it was um, it was probably meant St Johnson, but the great squad um, first went there. Barry Oxen was there before he was moved to Celtic. Uh, Lee Wilkes, Craig Levine had brought in players from all different teams and brought them together and we gelled really well and it was um, moved up. When I signed for Dungeon United, um, I was, when I was at St John's, I always travelled from Edinburgh every day there. When I signed for Dungeon United, Craig Levine says, oh, um, oh, you're over 30 now, you need to stay closer to the ground. Um, so they sort of put me up um, in, a, in a flat um, and brought a ferry. So I stayed up in Dundee, it was only meant for two years, so my girlfriend went up at the time. And we ended up staying for four years and it worked out really well um, based up there and then just staying up there and then being close to the ground and then we moved to train at St Andrews and it was just really good times, really enjoyed training, really enjoyed the games. I was just unfortunate got injured in that last season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stephen Fraser signed you for Falkirk. Were you, were you excited to go to go there and work with him? Yeah, so um, I, I missed most of that um, season with them. Um, Dungeon United, and then but just coming back fit towards the end of the season, and then got a phone call because um, I knew um, that I wouldn't be kept up dead sick at the time. Um, that's me sort of finished Dungeon United. So then Christine Presley says, Oh, he's at Falkirk, we're building a team to challenging. I think we finished third the season before. We want to try and come back up. So there's a chance to stay full time. I missed a lot of the season. Uh, I wasn't sure how much interest there would have been because of my age and being out injured, but he was keen, was looking for somebody experienced at the back. Um, I was keen to sort of get, get back playing, get back training and then um, went to Falkirk and it, it worked out really well. Brilliant. Your name's your captain as well. Was it was a privilege to be, to be named captain of, the, of Falkirk? Yeah, I think so. I think especially just, just sort of going there and then he says, oh, well, you should be leader from the back and use your experience for a young team. And then um, from previous years, they overspent and then obviously going down, they have to cut back. So there's a lot of young players coming through and it was... Um, the oldest one more experienced than Michael McGovern, the goal that went on to Norwich. Yeah. Apart from that, it's a really young squad. But it worked out really well. I had the experience and sort of leadership, whereas the younger ones had the sort of the, 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 the legs and the energy around about me. So we sort of complement each other quite well. Brilliant. Who was good in that team when you when you went there? Yeah, it was obviously Michael McGovern in goals. He done really well, but with a few young ones, Stephen Kingsley was coming through at left back. Um Tam Scobie was there at the time, although he sometimes pushed in a wee bit and played at centre half. With Murray Wallace, who played at centre half, he got yeah. moved to this field. He's now at Millwall. Um, Carol Higginbottom, that's now um, Kelty Hearts, he was there, he got moved to this field. Um, I think it was, oh, Jay Fulton was in that team coming through. Yeah, he went to Swansea, didn't he? Craig um, Sybil had potential, but he's now at Livingston, having a big career this season at Livingston. So, with a lot of good young players coming through, with um, Riedel Agui up front. Um, he went on a great scoring run um, and catapulted us up, up, up the league and then he got moved to Brentford. So we had one or two experienced players, but uh, on the whole, it was it's a younger players coming through that really kicked us on. Yeah. Did you enjoy playing again? Did you enjoy just being, being fit and kind of playing as much as possible? Yeah, I think that was the thing after being out for so long and then my age and then even the surgeon saying, oh, well, if you manage to get back playing, don't get the same level, you might have to go part-time, you might only have another couple of years left. And after being out for so long, just to get on the training pitch every day, because that's what you're used to, and then playing games every Saturday, then it was, it was a great feeling. And then because we were, going, we were winning games, um, we got to the Ramsey Cup final that year, and we won the Ramsey Cup final as well. So it was, um, it was really good, and we got to the League Cup semi-final in Celtic that year as well. So it was... It worked out really well. 
Yeah, definitely. You scored the one and goal in the Challenge Cup final. How good was that? Um, that was really good. I think going back there, um, getting to that spell, you're thinking, oh, you're sort of cup finals and things are, are maybe over. Um, and then to play the Ramson Cup, um, obviously hadn't, hadn't played in, obviously played that final with St. Johnson. We got beat, um, missed the two with Dungeon United. So hadn't, hadn't like, got a winner's medal or anything else. Um, had played in, in one sort and they played that Ramsey Cup and then I think we got a corner after the first two or three minutes and scored that day and my style we were in a bad run of form going into that game against Hamilton they, the form is quite good compared to our form so I think they sort of went the game slight favourites and to come come away that day with the 1-0 victory and scoring the winner and being the captain and lifting the cup was a great occasion especially at 36 years sort of, sort of these days I'd sort of passed you by yeah and then the, the next season obviously Stephen Presley takes the, the Coventry job were you, were you disappointed that he was leaving to, to go elsewhere and did you enjoy your time with him? yeah I really enjoyed working under him um, he had, had his own way of doing things and everything else and some people took them but I, I got well with him I remember playing against him and he gave me the opportunity to go in there um, and he sort of sold the club and everything else but I think he, he was looking Falkirk were cutting back he was maybe looking to progress in management and things, so he moved on. Um, he left, but the second season, I'd missed the start of the season, um, picked up a hamstring at the start of the season, but then got back in for the games and we got to the um, Scottish Cup semi-final that year. That's right. Um, just, um, just before he left, um, we won the quarter-final and got to the semi-final and he left and then um, we ended up finishing third that season, but um, it worked out on a quite a good season as well. Yeah, Gary Hall gets a job, and were you were you keen to were you keen to stay the season after, and or were you kind of thinking you were you were better kind of going into coaching elsewhere? Um, I was keen. I was keen to stay um, because that time I'd, um, I was going to be thirty eight in that summer. But because the season had went well, I think I played about twenty eight games that season. But as I said, we got to the semi final of the Scottish Cup and a good one in the team, and we finished third and played most of the games. So I felt I've, I've done I've done well this season. I, I can keep going for another season. Get it going, but then obviously Stephen Presley left. Gary Hope came in. Um, he was looking to get like a sort of younger squad, more players in, so put his stamp on it. Um, contract was up, and that was it. He just says, "Oh, look, um, you've done well, um, but I'm going to try something new, get younger players and everything else." So thanks, but there's no contract there for you. So it was, it was, it was a time to move on after that. And that you spent two seasons there. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy your time there? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think um, what helped as well, at the time we're training at Stirling Uni, um, the university, we had a base there, John Hughes had got the base there, so we had really good pitches, with um, full access to the gym at Stirling Uni, um, we had the swimming pool, but like rehab, everything else, it was great facilities, and just to be back training every day, playing in a team and, and playing games, it was just great to be playing on a Saturday again and, and training every day. Brilliant. Dick Campbell takes you to Forfa. Was that was that more to were you keep were you getting into coaching at that point? Um that time because I played most of the games the previous season at Falkirk, I was keen to keep um playing playing as long as I could, but it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. It was only the second time um that the time at St. Johnson we didn't have a club. So the senior came, played all these games with Falkirk, got to the end of the season, never got a contract. Still thought I could play in the championship. So um wasn't sure because of my age, I thought it'd be hard to get full time, but was keen to play for a couple of part time teams in the championship. It never came. Dick Campbell was on the phone, I think, um, probably like two hours after the release. I think he was friends. Alex Smith was still at the club, so I think he was friends with him. So I think he tipped him off. So um, Dick Campbell came on the phone and said, Look, son, I want to take you to Forfa. Uh, you've got 40 hours to make your mind up. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick, don't wait for anybody. Um, tell me yes or no. So at the time, I thought, Look, still thought. 
can still, I can still play. There might be other interests from somewhere else. So I said no to him, first of all, and then it's one of these things a few weeks later, you're thinking the phone's not ringing, not mean it's, it's a chance to keep playing and phone them up and uh, the old Dick says, oh, I'll have to see what I can do. And then he phone back five minutes later, I just keep you sweating. And that says, all right, there's a deal on the table for you if you want. And then um, it was great to work under him, I think. Obviously, Jane Goodstead, I think going from, obviously went into management breaking a couple of scenes later, but I think I'd gone from full-time into sort of part-time management without that spell at fourth, I think it would have been a lot harder. I think being there, um, having worked with Dick Campbell, because obviously a character, and he, he's done brilliant at part-time teams over the years, and just the experience of working under him, how, how he sort of man-manages the sort of part-time players and gets the best out of them, was, um, it was really good. It was like, really sort of, because getting to that stage, there was 38 at the time when I went before for, but that stage of your career brings it fun, makes it interesting, and and um, keeps you sort of motivated and fresh. Have you got a good Dick Campbell story? I think I think it's just, um, his, his team talks, it was always, um, when he starts a team talk, it was always like an after-dinner speech, you know what I mean? There was some story about when he went to school, or he worked down the pit in Fife, you know what I mean? Down, down the coal mine or whatever. And then, but then sometimes he would say, um, he must have written down a bit of paper because so, he would name the team and then we'd maybe have a, a row, it was like five on the bench at the time, but there's maybe nine players in the squad. He would sort of tap them on the head and say, yeah, you're on the bench today, son. No, not you. <laughs> yeah, on the bench. And then he's maybe tapped six on the head and his brother Pink would say, Dick, you've got too many subs. Oh, oh, right, right, right. And he'd go back and he'd say, sorry, son, I got wrong. <laughs> you watch for the stand today. But that was just his way. Not me, everybody loved it and then, you went and it was just um, that way and he had his bonnet and he'd throw it down and stuff. But he, he brilliant man's manager. He had his contacts and he got the best out of um, part-time players. And you've seen the clubs he'd been at. Um, obviously, fought for the second season. We should have got promoted. We sort of blew it in the playoffs. But we came close to getting what he's done at our growth, taking them up. So, yeah. and even breaking um, years gone back, getting them up as well. So, part-time level, he's just... He knows the players to get and he can man-manage them and get the best out of them two nights a week. Yeah, and your second season there as well, you, did you still feel fat? And like, obviously, you, that, was just, that was the last season before you went into management. Did you did you feel fat and you could still play? Yeah, um, it, it was still going well. And because we were going on a good run at Forfar and we were up um, challenging for the league, that was the season Morton won it. Uh, Stranaer were up there, but with them, we were behind them, but we weren't a great run um, towards the end. But with three games to go, we were top of the league. But... We ended up getting beat away to Peterhead, and the other two jumped above us, and we, we just missed out and got in the playoffs. But playing every week and getting results in League One, I always felt like my legs would sort of give way, and I'd think it right. Once I was off the pace, I was costing goals. I wasn't getting a game; it'd be time to hang the boots up. But because I was playing every week, we're getting good results. We were on high, we're pushing up the league. I felt, oh, I can keep going for another year, another year, sort of thing. Um, and then obviously went to the playoffs, and we won three, won the first leg, and it was what arranged. Dick Campbell arranged a tell for a celebration and all the wives and girlfriends and everything else were there after the game for the Aloha game. He had them um, booked out this hotel in Aloha. We're three one up for the first leg. We're going down there just to see the game out. And we end up losing three hours. It was probably one of the worst nights. Everybody's just sitting there just wanting to go home. Not I mean, it's just like when all the plans are made and everything else is made and it just completely goes wrong that day. But it was just one of these occasions. Right. And then after that, obviously the, the management job at Breaking comes up. When did you first hear that you were you were in, that they were interested in you for that? Um, I think it sort of came up then um, Ray McKinnon had moved on and at that stage I was sort of keen to get into sort of into sort of management role 
thought it was an opportunity. So I, I took put CV in for one or two things, and then um, it came up being a kind of less. I thought I'll oh, put the CV in, but at the same time, I put the CV in um, the application, and um, Dick Campbell had offered me a new deal at Forfar. So I said, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait and see. I'll see what see what happens, and then. Um, Dick being Dick, I'd sort of jumped the gun a wee bit um, and says, oh, I'd, I'd signed again for Forfar, but I hadn't actually told them I was going back. I still said I was not so unsure. So um, they then got in call for an interview at Brecon, went for an interview, thought I'd gone quite well, um, but wasn't sure what was going to happen. And a couple of days later, I got a phone call from the chairman at Brecon and just says, oh, we'd like to offer you the job. And then that, that, that was happening. He says, oh, have you, have you committed to Forfar next year? I says, no, no, I've, um, I've just... I've never said, I said I was still thinking about it. So then obviously do over the breaking job. But it was um it was stand and it worked um it was great, it was a great opportunity to get. And but the problem was it was just taking over, it was the middle of June. So by that time, quite a lot of part-time players had been signed up. So we were just trying to bring a squad together quickly as soon as you took over. Yeah. Who did you bring in that first season to to join you? Yeah, so I um, had um, Lee Bailey, I've done a wee bit coaching with him over in five feet. He would be at Hibs a few years above me um, at Hibs, and I'd seen him on a few coaching courses. So um, I played former Hibs games with him and stuff, and coach, I brought him in. He had actually played at Brecon um, when he was younger as well, so he came with me as the assistant. So it was just the two of us, but going in there, I was still playing. Um, I played most of that season, so I was playing. He was on the bench, he was on the bench himself, I was playing. So it, it was a difficult first season with myself still playing and then doing the team talk set pieces and then I'm on the pitch, he's on the dugout. I'm, then he's, then we're trying to communicate. I'm a centre half trying to shake to the one side of the pitch, bring the sub on now, who will I take off? See, maybe I have something written down beforehand, maybe then somebody's going off injured so he can't take him off. So he's not sure then who to take off and he's shouting on the pitch and I'm shouting back, eh, take, take him off, don't want to shout too loud on the pitch, you know what I mean? But someone's at number 10's coming off. And see that first season, obviously, he's won four out, he's only won four out of the first 26 games, so was, he was he was struggling straight away, but a remarkable eight out of the last 10 wins to stay up. Like, what changed, how did it change so, how did it change so much and how did that end of season run come about? Um, I think, so. I think, um, as I said, like, we're, too well, we were sort of behind everybody getting players in, and probably the first job. I didn't, we didn't get the right players in. I probably didn't get the right players in. Um, it didn't really work out. Um, first job made a few mistakes, and we, we always thought we were going to pick up, but we didn't. It got past Christmas, and then we got a bad 4 1 defeat by Albion Overs midweek, and we played Peterhead away on the Saturday, and we got beaten, went 10 points adrift at the bottom of the league. And we're coming back on the bus. And remember sitting in front of the bus when obviously next to me and the directors and the board were there and they were all quiet and we're sort of whispering to each other. And we're, we got to about Aberdeen on the way back. We thought, this is it. We're going to get called into the boardroom as soon as we get back to the breaking and we're going to get sacked here. And we got off the bus and the chairman says, can I have a word? And I thought, oh no, here it comes. And he just says, oh look, um, we've got a board meeting tomorrow. Um, discuss your future. Um, we're playing four for midweek. Um, he says, um, your old club, you'll probably take a wee bit stick from the crowd. Um, how, how do you feel? Do you, do you want to still take the team for the game? Um, if, if we're undecided about what to do, or, or would you rather just sort of walk away now? And I said, I hadn't played the previous few games, but I sort of made up my mind that I, I was going to play myself against Forth. I said, no, no, I want, I want to, if the opportunity comes, I'll still want to be here on Tuesday night, I want to play. So um went out that night and played. And the team talked that night was, look, this is it. 
we didn't expect to be here. We thought we're getting sacked after the game on Saturday. We're here Tuesday night, so if it's our last game, we'll just go out, we'll give it our best and see what happens. Unfortunately, we won 4-0 that night and I scored the second goal that night from a corner. So, um, it couldn't have worked out any better. And then we won that on the Saturday. We beat Aaron on this. Um, that was a Tuesday night. Sorry, we won on the Tuesday night. We beat Aaron on the Saturday night. Then we carried on and beat Airdrie the following week. Then we beat Albino. So we won four games in a row. Yeah. And it was just went on to that from, from standing there. I think it's like the players that realization we had good players, but we'd underachieved. But I think we actually had a good good spirit in the team and did sort of respect for each other and everything else. But I think that, that sort of dawned on everybody like, we're going to get relegated, manager's going to get sacked, this is it. And we just sort of that sort of determination and we went on a great one. And not only did we manage to stay up, we managed to avoid the playoffs as well, and we managed to pull ourselves clear at the end of the season. The second season, I want to, I want to just say beforehand that I don't think there's been a better achievement by a, by a young manager to get that side and the budget you had up to up to the championship. So I'll just say that beforehand. You finished fourth and then you get obviously to playoffs and beat Wraith and Alloa to get to the championship. Just how big an achievement was that and how what was going through your head when, when that, that whole season? Um, I think it was that season. I think so. Um, having that great one at the end and just staying up at the end with that confidence. But I think even when we were going in that one towards the end of the season, we weren't sure what was going to happen, if we were going to stay up, if we would still be here next season. But we had put plans in place. Players that we had played against, um, it was like Ali Love, um, who was at Albion Rovers. I think he scored every game we played against him. We sort of made, if we are here next season, we want to get him. Chris O'Neill was coming through Airdrie, um, doing really well. If we want to get him, Liam Watt, can we get these players? So we sort of um, spoke to them towards the end of the season, says, look, if we're still here next season, we're going to do things different. We're going to build a team. So but um, highlighted players wanted to get me, managed to get them in. And we, we started the season well. And after 10 games of the season, we were top of the league. Um, obviously, Livingston went on to win the league. Yeah. Jack was before they moved on. They were, they were, they'd go off to a good start, but we were above them after 10 games. And you thought, like, here we go, sort of thing. And um, we dropped away, but then we finished fourth. Um, and you're just delighted we got in the playoffs. We played Wraith. John Hughes had taken over, but there was a bit um, infighting, a bit of turmoil between the players and him at the time. And, yeah. Then we played it um, been that night. There's a lot of chances. We managed to get a one all. We went to Wraith. Everybody thought it was going to be our last game of the season. Just go out, give it your all. And they had a big crowd that day. And I think that sort of got to them. They made a few mistakes. We capitalised it. We went and we won. Then we got Alor, but we're underdogs going in there. We managed to beat them one 0 on the first leg. We went for the second leg, and everybody thought, oh, this is going to be it. But probably that day we rode our luck the final game against Alloa they beat us 4-3 they kept scoring and going in the league we kept coming back went to penalties and it was an unbelievable day just to, to win that because um, about four weeks previous in the league they beat us 6-1 previously in the league four weeks and we got a player sent off so I think after beating us 6-1 in the league they thought alright we'll beat them over the two legs and we, we said underdogs everybody sort of kept thinking oh, this is going to be our last game of the season when we played the way that day and then we got Alloa and it just kept going and going so it was a great occasion for what happened the first season to get that sort of success and everything else. And with a small squad, I was um, didn't play much that season, but I was still on the bench. I think we had like four subs for these playoff games and I was one of the subs and things like that. So it was just a small squad and we just kept going and we played to our max and the results went for us and we managed to get there. Brilliant. See the, see the season you've got to the Championship, like how hard was it to prepare with it? Was it obviously a part-time budget, so obviously like you were, you were at a disadvantage straight away. Was it was that a struggle, obviously, to bring in players? Yeah, it, it, it became a struggle, but I think because you were still on a high because you were yes. one person, you felt that, here we go, and then the budget had stayed the same as what we were on League One, 
and then um, speaking to experienced coaches and managers who are like, oh, you're up against it, you're right up against it, you're short, we've won a game and that buzz, you're like, no, no, we, we, we've won the playoffs, nobody, with outsiders, we can do this, we can, but it was a jump too far, and then even trying to get players, I think, nothing against being a good, well-run club, everything else, but trying to attract players to break in, um, they've gone up to the championship, the players we had recruited the season before were sort of, um, League One players, lower league players, but then championship, you're thinking, can we get a wee bit better one or something like that? But if they've got other offers to stay full-time or go to better part-time clubs, then it was hard to attract them. And we signed Ryan McGeever from Queen's Park. He was a young lad when he was at Falkirk, playing against him, he had done really well, came to us and he broke his, he broke his um, hand in about the first or second game and then he got a bad ankle injury and he was out for six months. Andy Jackson, our top goal scorer, he had um, groin problems. I think he only played about four games that season. And Liam Watt broke his wrist. So our sort of three main players got injured early on and yeah. it was an uphill struggle. And then once we were um, up against it, come Christmas time, trying to get players in in January window, I think players would rather go into a second. It's just whether other players might have been the same, but most people would rather go to like a, a League One team that's challenging at the top of the league than go to a a team bottom of the championship, you know, where you'll be playing against better teams. They're thinking more, maybe for their career, if they're more creative or attacking player, I'll get more chances, I'll get more chances to stand out than if I'm going to a break in we're going to be up against it each week. Yeah, and that, the the, the season, the championship, you, you obviously failed to win a league game and it was only four points you achieved, but do you, do you think there was, obviously that that was the reason, can I see your three first team players get injured and it was just kind of a difficult budget and playing against a, a kind of different opposition that were just kind of leaps and bounds ahead of the, the team at the time, Jay. Yeah, I, I think we were, um, um, when we came back pre-season, it's the same, it's, it's part-time, we only had four weeks, and but it's, it's typical, part, we were sort of part-time, but it was still that sort of lower league thing, um, seeing it fourth as well, because we had people that had worked and can maybe, they've got kids and they've got a family, so they, they get the first two weeks in July, so they were maybe going away on holiday with their family the first two weeks in July, and we had the bet Fred coming up and they were away on holiday, so it was just, um, but obviously lower budgets, for, for, for most of our players it was their second second income, that their, their main, that wasn't their main job, so if they got holidays from their work, they had to go at that time, so it was hard to get that, and then we did come came close, um, I think it was October when our injuries, we weren't too bad injury-wise. We were 1-0 against Dumbarton 10 minutes to go in the week 2-1 through there. We drew one all with Falkirk and we had a great chance last minute. Um, Dungeon United won all at home. It was poor that day and we had a great chance um, late on. But we, we came close to winning games. We were 2-1 up against Inverness, I think 10 minutes to go in the week 3-2 at home. But there's opportunities we just missed to get, I think, to get that sort of um, burden off us to get that win. But once it went past January, trying to get players in, we tried to go for a lot of players, but nobody wanted to come. Um, I think as well, you're trying to go for creative attacking players and nothing is speaking, but their pitch was heavy, it was muddy, it's small changing room. So if teams like Allen in League One were coming for them or a race rovers in League One, yeah, better opportunities for them than going to break in. So it was hard to attract players. And then the season just petered out. We, um, we didn't have the money to get sort of players in. And then to be fair to the players, they still kept come, turning up for training, they kept turning up for games, but I think it's told the confidence was low and we were going with the same 14, 15, week in, week out. And it was just, again, we would sort of hold teams for the first 60 minutes, but you could see them tiring the last like, five, six games of the season and we just had nothing nothing left, nothing more to put on. It was, it, it was hard, but one thing I would say about them is they never gave up. They just sort of kept giving it their all. Okay, confidence was low, probably a dip in form, but 
it would have been easier for them to throw the towel in, but they, they kept going, and I think that, that's what I say about them. They kept going, they kept giving everything, so it was just disappointing. We never got that one. If they had got that one, I think we wouldn't have stayed up, but it would have been a lot better. But it was just, obviously, the pride of everything else not to win a game. It, it still hurts even, even now. I mean, I think it still hurts for the players as well, but it's just one of these things. In hindsight, maybe look back and think, with that budget, but got promoted was a sign to say, look, we've taken this club as far as we can. Will, will I just um, leave and take a sideways step or whatever? Yeah. Or it, it wasn't in there because the players were still turning up and everything else, but it was one of the things halfway through the season, you're thinking we're up against it. You, you put your hand up and say, look, um, I'll, I'll move aside, somebody else take over. But you always had in your back of your mind, we can do this, we can do it. But it, it wasn't to be and it was a disappointing season all round. Yeah, and the season after, obviously, you, you, you lose your job in October. Like, what can have happened and how sore was it to, to kind of lose your job? Um, I think it was hard. I think um, a lot of players, um, a lot of the fans and at the time, this thing. So I always wanted smaller clubs, well, I was about 300 fans, like them local fans, but they, they wanted a change. Um, they didn't really understand how you couldn't win a game and they got relegated. They wanted a change, new manager in. But the chairman, um, I was getting my chairman, he, he decided to keep me there for next season. But probably the most disappointing thing was we'd gone up and we hadn't got a budget. Um, I think only two players. I'd got a wage drive from £125, something like that. Um, all the rest had stayed the same. One or two players even had got like, um, a wage reduction for going up to the Championship, um, just the way it worked out. But we'd come down, we'd played Celtic in the Scottish Cup, um, we'd played St Mern at home, we had a chance to win the league, 2500 there, Dungeon United at home. So I think we'd generated with over £170,000 profit from that season. So you're thinking, OK, yeah. we had a bad season, let's invest some in the team. And um, they didn't they cut the budget again. I think that was the, the hard bit, getting the budget cut again and knowing there. And then players that have gone up, moved up a league, had um, a season, comment, everything else sharp, and then having to come back down. And then so going up and not getting a wage rise, coming down and having to take a wage cut. So for morale and everything else, I think it just sort of sapped out of them. And then probably in hindsight, we, trip, we then coming down, we then tried to get players with championship experience. So if they did go up again, Looking more towards the future, we did go up again. We'd be, be better prepared. Whereas, probably in hindsight, it was a sign to sort of put maybe um, regroup and maybe go for like tried and trusted, experienced um, League One players, yeah. so we can consolidate or whatever. But other things um, that didn't really help is we, we trained at um, Stirling. You know, that was good um, on a Tuesday night, but on a Thursday night we trained at Falkirk. So we had a third of pitch for an hour. Um, at Falkirk at the time, but then he cut us to a quarter pitch that season in the championship. So we're moving around different places. So a championship team training for like um, an hour on a quarter of a pitch wasn't ideal. So we struggled for things. And then the second season, just before we got sacked, we ended up training um, down at Grangemouth. And we had a third of a pitch, a middle third of a pitch with no um, full-size goals for the first hour. So it was just things like training facilities. Yeah. Physio only came on a Tuesday night, he didn't come on a Thursday night. So if I had a midweek game on a Tuesday, somebody was carrying a knock on a Thursday, we wouldn't know if they were going to be fit till the Saturday. So just um, small things like facilities, physio coming two nights, he only came one night. So things like that were a problem. And, and we raised that at the end of that championship season, but they just um, didn't really change things. And I think that's maybe how they slowly declined over the previous years. Yeah. And do you look back with fondness in your, your job at breaking? Yeah, so um, there was some good people and the chairman was really good and he was honest and everything else and um, they gave me the opportunity and we liked up there and it was, it was good. It was, um, you didn't realise at the time, but 
Um, obviously, being from Edinburgh, so anyone 45 minutes up there, I think that's maybe another um, thing because they've struggled as well. Now, because there's more money in the loan league um, and leagues like that now, that we had quite a lot of players from the Edinburgh and Glasgow area um, that would travel and on 45 minutes up to Brecon now. So if, if boys like that are getting the same money in the loan league, then yeah. they're not going to want to travel and on 45 minutes to play a game of football for now and 45 minutes back in the car. So it's harder for them to attract players. But it worked out really well, I think, um, to go there and last um, sort of three and a half years was a good spell. And obviously getting that promotion was an amazing achievement because I think they've only been the champion, one promotion a couple of times. So it was a great achievement, but it, it didn't work out. But one thing about the players that gave their all, which is disappointing for the players and probably feel a wee bit guilty towards the players as well, that maybe in hindsight should have pushed more, pushed the board more, been mean stronger whether it was have worked or not, but really demanded we got players in to help these players that got us up and that way to help them and kick them on. But it didn't happen, and um, unfortunately. But going back to League One, but we're sitting mid-table in League One. Okay, we had come down one a game the previous season, but we would won a few games, lost a game, won a couple of games. So we're sitting, um, I think we're one point off, or two, two or three points off the top four. We're sitting in fifth place when we got sacked. So... Um, we've got beat by Montrose the week before um, the local rivals, but in terms of points-wise and the position we're sitting in the league, um, felt we're mid-table and um, the aim is to get in the top four and I think we'd have been close to getting in there, not when we'd have been sitting about mid-table, so it did come as a bit of disappointment to get sacked when it did. Yeah, and obviously when you leave breaking, you move into further education, do you enjoy doing that and how did that come about? Um, it was when... Um, when I was up at Inverness and we were staying up there during the week, um, the fitness coach at the time, he worked part-time at Inverness College. So he started some of the boys on um, an HNC course two nights a week because we're up there, um, staying up there, ended up doing that. Um, and it was when I got injured again at Dungeon United when I was out for um, eight months. Ended up taking it again, finishing it off at Perth College. Moved back to Edinburgh when I went to Falkirk. So in the meantime, we used to get a Wednesday off, so we'd go to college on a Wednesday um, and do that and end up doing HND. But it was when I went back part time, ended up going back to um, Napier Uni and doing a um, sports science degree. Right. And managed to do that and then wasn't sure what I was going to do with that. And then obviously part time and doing coaching for the SFA ended up when I just before, when I was in charge of Brecon, ended up going doing teaching qualification at Stirling Uni. And then that, that was a route into um, teaching in the college. And then managed to get a placement at Edinburgh College um, last year, working at New College Lanarkshire, and now working at Fort Valley. So it's it's worked out really well. It's one of these things. Um, being a player, I was fortunate my career so it went full time till I was thirty eight. But what do you do when you finish playing? That that's the thing. Not I mean yeah. time, your mid twenties things are going well. You're, you're staying full time even into your thirties. But it was probably it didn't really sit dawn on me till I got the injury. I was out for eight months. Um, just before I was thirty six at Dungeon Age, you're thinking like. What am I going to do now? My season stopped now. What am I going to do? Yeah. Um, I get the educational thing going in the background. Um, it allowed me to say, have, have, have different choices, and it was one of the route. And I enjoyed going back as a mature student to college, even though it was part time, it was only a couple of days a week, and then going back to uni sort of part time. But I enjoyed that, going to the lectures and, and learning and stuff. And it was just a route to sort of get a job once, once your sort of football comes to an end. Yeah, definitely. Would you get back into management if the opportunity come up? Um, I, was, I think um, when I first um, got sacked, was keen to get back in because, because um, going back to Dick Campbell, Dick Campbell used to say, Saturday's a fit body, son, not me, Saturday's <laughs> football. 
even even when it was snack, just with every Saturday, I'd be going to a game, I'd friends still playing or managers or things like that. So I'd be going to games, watching games, everything else. But I think since since the lockdown is sort of March and not going to games, I think you sort of drift away a wee bit before Saturday was always like, or if I'm in the house and then wife's still a wee boy or family's coming around or whatever, right? I'm, I'm going to football, I'll find a game somewhere, I'll know somebody playing somewhere, I'll go to a game. Yeah. But that routine and not going to games and it sort of drifts by. So it, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'd like to get back out there and coach them, but then, then you remember maybe that Tuesday night where you think, oh, I'm going to work on the defence tonight and you get a phone call at lunchtime and the left back's been sent home for his work sick and then the, the centre-half comes up and he's got a sore ankle and he can't train and you've got eight players training it's pouring the rain and you're thinking, yeah. what chance here sort of thing. So it's, um, sometimes you think, oh, you're keen to get back in there. Other times you're thinking, oh, maybe I'm best just taking a back seat and just watching it. But it's still, still enjoy. But I think... That sort of buzz you get from a snap, you definitely miss that sort of buzz of being the manager and being a player. But I think with lockdown and the league's getting shut, it has made you think like you're always looking to that football, you're always thinking about training nights or, or the game or things like that. It has has changed your sort of concept in your mind and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Are you already close with some quite fire questions? Yep. Brilliant. Out of your whole career, who would you say was the best player you ever played with? Um, I think um Probably going back to the days at Mike O'Neill at the start, um, um, Alan Kearney at St Johnson, Barry Robson was playing really well. Also, I was fortunate enough to, um, I wish I'd played one when he was younger, but um, the time breaking the Hibs team, Ray Wilkins was there. Yeah. Right. He came up, I don't know, I brought him in as a player, and just, just the way he could pass the ball, he was 39 at the time, obviously, he didn't have legs to get about the pitch, but passing wise and technique, everything else, he'd been great to have played one like, when, when he was at his peak. Yeah, definitely brilliant. Best player you ever played against? Um, probably when I started off, that was when Rangers was a loud drop, Gascoigne, sort of Decanio, Van Hoydonk, and obviously coming up against Larson and people like that after that. Um, Michael Moles was good. So I, th- I think going back to that sort of era, sort of the late, um, sort of mid, mid 90s, late sort of 90s, when sort of Celtic Rangers had these top European stars, you know what I mean? I think they, they were the ones that. Because because you were younger, they were they were the sort of stars at the time, and you forget the players that were on show at these times at these clubs at that stage. But probably they're probably the ones that are the best players to play against. Brilliant. Favorite away ground you play that? Um, I, I think it was probably between Ibrox and Parkhead. And, but, but for me, I don't know because maybe I had more defeats at um, Parkhead. But I always sort of liked Ibrox. I always felt it was more compact and stuff. I don't know if it's changed everything else. Is, um, I remember playing reserve games at Parkhead before they built that new the new stands and everything else. Not meaning when it was still a set person and that, but for me, probably favourite agree ring was Ibrox. Brilliant. Interesting fact about yourself that the viewers might not know. Um, I think it was probably sort of going going when I went part time, going back to university and getting a sport exercise science degree, and then obviously being managed to breaking get my teacher teacher qualification. Not mean going back to going back to education as a mature student. So it's one of the things. Um, it was hard to get your head around it stuck, but, but really enjoyed it going back to sort of college and university. You're in there um, in your 30s and there's people like 18, 19 just out of school. Yeah. You're like, you must be a granddad in the class. <laughs> Brilliant. Favourite film and TV show? Um, I think, um, obviously, um, working at college long hours and then obviously having a boy at eight now, it's hard to see, but but things like still game, things like that, um, don't want, it's mostly sort of sporting that and... Um, on TV, but things like still game comedies and things like that, things that are funny and maybe the odd um, documentary on um, Amazon Prime or something, things that are quite funny or something about do with sport, that's probably a TV show or whatever. 
Yeah, brilliant. Best friend in football? Um, probably um, when I started off at Hibs, the boy Michael Rennick, he played at um, Hibs, he went on air, he's now coaching in America, so I um, kept in touch with him So um, all through the years, he had a spell at Berwick manager and stuff, so they were probably the, the friends I sort of kept with football for, for, a, for a long spell. Brilliant. Final question, best manager you played under? Um, the one that sort of I enjoyed working under, I know it's a lot of stick in the press, was Craig Levine. Um, really enjoyed probably one of the longer spells worked under a manager, but he, he was the one, I think, I don't know if it was, it was coming towards the end of my career. I was over 30 and maybe at that influence, you were starting to watch what managers done and what they said and how they structured their team and that, but really enjoyed working under Dungeon United. Brilliant. Darren, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on the show. Thanks very much for doing it. I really enjoyed it. Nah, no problem. Cheers, Scott. Pleasure. Enjoy. Thanks, Darren. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. I swear it's gonna get better real soon Don't let anyone tell you what you should do I got a clear view We're gonna